Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello again and welcome to another episode of My Big Break, the podcast series from Motorsport that looks at the big moments that key figures in racing face in their careers and how things could have turned out very differently. I'm your host Chris Medland and this week our guest is Pierre Gasly who reflects on the help he received to do karting on a serious level, opening doors in French motorsport. Pierre also looks back at the pressure that comes with being a Red Bull junior and how he delivered to get to F1 as well as the ill-fated spell that saw him demoted back to Toro Rosso in 2019. Pierre, thank you so much for joining us on the My Big Break podcast, looking at the moments in your career that turned out to have a big influence or could have had a a big influence. Now, are you one of those people who think you were destined to become a racing driver? Because it seems like you couldn't escape karting as a kid. Um, I will say so. I I always believed that I will become one day a Formula One driver. Obviously, when you start, it's only a dream and everything seems so far away from... um, from where you are, you know, I still remember these days watching Formula One, for example, with Charles in Monaco and watching, uh, you know, Michael Schumacher and Alonso and Lewis. And we're both like very young kids and looking at each other, um, wondering, okay, there might be one of us there one day, or maybe none of us, who knows, but we both really wanted to, um, to get there. And then, you know, slowly year after year, you grow up, you do your, your, your wins, polls, championships, and then as you grow up and get closer to the top, then things start to uh, to become more real. But um, I would say as a kid, it was mainly a dream. I always believed in my dreams, that if I do the right things, potentially one day things could happen. And as I grew up, then I had this belief which grew um, deeply and, and, um, and, and became more a reality that I knew it was up to me to make it happen. But you had quite a sporting or motorsporting family, didn't you? That that probably meant there was no chance of you not at some point driving well, a go-kart. Well, I did try. I did, I did <laughs> try to... It's not like I tried, but I started with ice hockey when I was a kid, when I was three years old. And uh, this was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I broke myself a couple of times. Um, but it was, it was nice. Then I switched to football. Um, so I played football from the age of five till I was 11 and I think this was one of the best thing I did as a team because it was really you know it's really a team sport so you got to learn how to um, you know play with your teammates how to get the the best out of yourself but within a team not um, so much focused focused on your own performance you, you got to figure this out and um, and physically it was good you know I was like a winger so I kept running the entire time, all the games. And I think physically already from a young age, I built up quite a, a good foundation. And uh, then I started karting at six. And from my first test, I, I still remember it like it was yesterday. I remember I, I did only three laps, but it was too much fun. For the, I had so much fun during the three laps. Soon as I finished, I told my parents, I was like, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. And 
they were like, oh gosh, no. <laughs> I, have, I have four brothers that say the same thing before me and they were like, oh no, not the last one. <laughs> well, because it's an expensive sport as well, isn't it's it? It's way too expensive. And they were like, you know, Pierre, we can buy you as many boots as you want to play <laughs> football, but please don't race. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, that's what I love. And, you know, they, it took me three years to uh, convince them that that's really what I wanted. And uh, I think they they also bought some time for them to find solutions, to find you know sponsors and 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 money to uh, before we uh, we got going for for real. Well, how did they manage that then? I guess who were the people that became sponsors or helpers that helped you get into proper karting? Because I guess you know you can do an arrive and drive if you yeah. wanted to, but if you want to be serious, you've got to be in a championship and with a team. Exactly. I mean. Before I started, I got very lucky to, you know, have the family that I have. Um, I have four brothers, and three of them raced in karting before. So, my dad's raced in rally. My my granddad was a, a massive motorsport fan, and even my grandmother was a champion. You know, she won karting championships. So, they they knew the difficulties of the sport. They knew the challenges, especially financially. And um, you know, that's why they. They gave themselves three years because they they were looking for for for, for sponsors and um, they knew how it works. They knew the money that I we needed, like the minimum money we needed to uh, to get the the competitions uh, started. And um, and then yeah, I would say without my family for sure, hundred percent, I would have never been able to to do this sport. And then after growing up, I mean, every year was pretty big challenge for me because I knew the. Div- I was never sure whether we're gonna we were gonna be able to um, to carry on for the next season. So I knew I had to basically win as many races as I could to prove the people, okay, I'm special, and you know, please help us uh, continuing this journey. And um, that's why I had this drive and this motivation. Obviously, I'm so competitive. When I get on the track, I'm like, I want to beat every single one of you. Like there is no, I want to be the best. Doesn't matter what it takes. I just want to be number one. But on top of that, I had no other choice because if I wanted to continue that sport, I had to, to show that I was different than others. And then I we met the the owner of um, Sodi Karts, who is the biggest uh, karting manufacturer in France and also worldwide for uh, rental go kart. But um, competition, they are the biggest in France. And we had a very when I was twelve, I think eleven, twelve. And um, yeah, the owner really, we had a very good, uh, we bonded really quickly and then he had a big trust in me and then said, okay, I, I really want to support Pierre uh, in his career and uh, I want him in, in, in my team. Um, and then he gave us deals which were five or six times cheaper than, you know, the drivers I was competing um, against. And, uh, you know, I remember Carlos was in Tony Kart, which was like the, Really fancy team, um, Italian, super fast, and it was there was no chance I could be there. It was so expensive, and then I went with Sodi, which was so much cheaper, but they had the same drive, and and um, you know we worked so well together, and in the end we achieved amazing results together. But without that guy, the deals that he offered um, to me and my family, same, I would have not been able to compete at that level. So, do you remember his name? It sounds like he needs a shout out. Yeah, Gilda, Gilda Merlin. Okay. So, so um, yeah, big thanks to Gilda. <laughs> big shout out to to Gilda, and uh, you know, it's also this year's. I moved to international level, European. Finished second at the European Championship, uh, third at the World Cup. Um, 
won the the French Championship and and good years. You know, we raced against Esteban with Charles. I was teammate with Charles, actually, when uh, won the, the the French Championship and. Uh, and I mean, it's so funny that we ra we race with all these guys that now we find each other in Formula One, uh, competing at the highest level in motorsports. When I still remember us being 11, 12, 13 years old, uh, you know, fighting for uh, karting championships. But at the same time, it felt so far away from F1, even though we, we all had the same dreams. We knew that if there would be one of us making it to the top, that would be already extraordinary. Um, but in the end, yeah, most of us uh, made it to, to Formula 1 today and, and now we're all fighting like same time as when we're back in karting, but now it's much more powerful and expensive cars. <laughs> I was going to say, they are a lot more expensive. And it is, it's one of the things we like doing this series because it does get drivers to look back. I mean, we're sat here with a beautiful view over the Barcelona beach uh, in the W Hotel, have given us a nice little space. I did 13 as well. It, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you, you grew up in a lovely part of the world, but I imagine you weren't staying in, in five-star hotels and, uh, and flying like no this. No chance. I had, you know, that's also what I appreciate, why I appreciate all that. Um, I remember, you know, I told you like two, three years before my, my parents, um, you know, found the fundings to, to start the, um, my karting uh, uh, career. And uh, we used to go like, you guys have no idea. Obviously now we're living in five stars hotel. It's all fancy and, and we have the most luxuri luxurious life. But to appreciate it, I'm feeling so grateful today because I've experienced also I'm not going to say the worst because obviously they are always worse than, than what you have. Um, but the cheapest hotel, you know, with my family, we used to say, okay, you know, we have six races this year. We've got that much budget. We've got, I don't know, 500 euros. Uh, and we've got like basically 25 nights at the hotel. So if you make the ratio, we were spending like 20 years a night in the, in the hotel, like back in the days, um, during my karting days. And you know, <laughs> I've seen places they were <laughs> horrendous, and and when I remember, that's that's also what makes you enjoy like all this uh, um, luxurious lifestyle that we we get in Formula One. Because you know, sometimes I make I compare what it was like not even that long time ago, like 10, 15 years ago, um, and things have evolved so fast. And um, yeah, I do believe it makes you appreciate um, all that way more when you've seen, uh, you know, very extreme um, quality quality of life, but then that's why I want to work even harder every single day because, you know, this is, you, know, <laughs> you kind of uh, enjoy it so much, you know, you just want to keep it going, but um, it's just very motivating. Yeah, it's not not a bad lifestyle to live, and like you say, you don't <laughs> want to certainly don't want to lose it. But you can see as well where you got the drive to to get here. Um, you also had the support from the FFS FFSA Academy, which I always say wrong, but the, the French Federation. <laughs> you get it right. um, in in 2011, I had a strong year with them, but then you stepped up to Formula Renault two litre, and I I get the feeling that 2013 and winning the championship must have been a big year for you. It was a big, um, well, the biggest jump in in my career. That's when everything got a lot more serious. So that year was a bit. Of, um, make or break, like I don't know if that's how you say it in English, yeah. Um, where I had to win the championship to make it to the next level. Um, there was a, a half a million prize money to, to make it to the next category. Uh, we're talking huge numbers. And at that time, we knew this was the last category which we could afford with my sponsors. 
and they could not um, continue to the next stage in, in Formula Renault 3.5. And the pressure was so intense that year. I think even compared to Formula 1, I think up to now, it's still the highest pressured mem- uh, moment I've, I've ever had in my career. Um, where I had to win the championship, it was half a million for the first one and it was zero for the second one. And that's how it works in life. You always remember the winner, the winner gets all the rewards, finish second, third, tens, nobody cares and doesn't matter. And um, yeah, I fought against Oli Rowland, amazing driver. I've learned so much, like fighting with him during that year. Esteban was there as well, De Vries. Um, so we had a, a great a great year. And um, yeah, it was the championship got decided in the last race in Barcelona, actually. That's why I always get really excited coming back here, and um, and yeah, I won I won the championship, um, which gave me that big prize money to make the next step to the to the next category, and then I signed my Red Bull deal a month later, going to Abu Dhabi, meeting Helmut Marco, telling me that I had not uh, won enough races, I had not done enough pole position, <laughs> and I should have won the championship by hundred points. But still, he was happy to give me a contract <laughs> <laughs> to start working together, and um, and that's when I knew, okay, now it's up to me. You know, I've got a, a Formula One um, world, uh, you know, world champion team that is uh, backing me up and giving me the opportunity uh, if I do the things right. So now it's a matter of focusing on myself and and you know, uh, delivering the best performance of myself if I want to make it to Formula One. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you think then, if you hadn't won that championship, that Red Bull wouldn't have signed you? That you had to be a champion to get that deal? Or were there other teams I around? So. I want to believe so. And, uh, you know, it was so important to me also personally. It was, you know, when I set a target to myself, it's... I just can't accept not um, achieving um, achieving the performance that I expect from myself. You know, I always set very high standards, and that's how I motivate and always pu- push myself beyond my limits. Um, and there was no other options than winning that that championship, which wasn't easy because you know Oli did crash into me a couple of times, <laughs> did try really hard uh, for me not to to get it. He actually did crash into me in the last race. Uh, was leading and and yeah. first lap, turn ten, dive bombed me and and sent me spinning. Um, so it was intense. It was very intense racing. But then 
I, I always respected him because, you know, he came to see me at the end of the race and told me for half a million I had to try it. And I appreciated that because I was like, you know, we're basically deciding our career. Mm. And if you are driven, you're ready to do anything to, uh, you know, to, to get what you want uh, more than anything. And it was slightly dirty, <laughs> but it's been always like that with him. And, and, and that's also how we, I think, took our racing skills to a, another level together. So, um, no, it was, um, it, was, it was very intense. I don't know what would have happened with Red Bull, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, that's how it works. If you want to be the best, um, you got to be a winner. And people remember winners. They don't remember, uh, you know, outsiders. And that's just how it works in this life. Mm. And, and you mentioned Helmut there and the pressure he put on you straight away telling you what you should have done that year. And, and it's clear that he's someone who keeps the pressure on his drivers. So you, you said that year in 2013 was the one that um, was the biggest pressure you felt having to deliver. Was 2016 in, in GP2 with Prema a close second? Surely that was a year, again, that you had to win if you were going to make it to F1. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was... Obviously, it was intense, but somehow it was different. I always, during that year, felt like all the cards were there for me to win the championship. And... We got slightly un- unlucky at times and there were a couple of events where things didn't uh, fall down the our way. But somehow it felt like things were always under control and we could see where we were heading. And um, always had that sort of margin to, be, uh, to keep things um, under control where 13 was, was so tight and, um, and things were not that clear. Uh, during that season so for sure it was you know GP2 Formula 2 is um, right before Formula 1 and I always compare with football for example when you're in the second league if you win the second league then you're moving straight up to Formula, to, to, to the first league obviously F1 F2 works slightly different um, for for different reasons but obviously the pressure was intense because I knew to make it there and there was for sure I had no other options but I did feel during that year that I had all the cards in, in hands to uh, to win the championship. And then I, I know yeah, we're in Barcelona and we've got a, an F1 race for you to get to, so yeah, I know you're quite short for time, but I do want to focus on two final big points that we can't ignore. And one is when you got the promotion to Red Bull, you know, you'd know, you come into Formula 1, you'd impress so much. When you got that promotion, did it feel like everything was going to plan? Did it feel like every step you'd needed to take, you'd taken and you were just on this trajectory that was going to lead you to winning races and championships? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> for sure, you know, when you get promoted after a year in Formula 1 to um, the best team or one of the best team um, in Formula 1 over the last 10 years, you know, there's a reason for that. So everything was, um, yeah, falling into place really, really nicely, coming from winning the, the, the Formula 2 championship, finishing runner-up in Super Formula in my first season, um, great first season in, in Formula 1 with Toro Rosso, so no, um, everything was, was, was going extremely well and, and there was no reason for things not to, uh, to work out, so obviously uh, at that time was, you know, everything, uh, only, only positive things from, from all these years. And then, based on that, how did you reflect, or how do you reflect now on being demoted after just 12 races? Is it something that 
is a turning point in your career still? Has it has it changed you? Maybe. Oh, big time! You know, big time. Obviously, you know, you always learn from from you always learn way more from failures and challenges than uh, any other thing. So, even from success, because you always need to question what went what went wrong, what could have been better, how could you have done things better, how could you have managed things better. There were <coughs> things in my control control, and there were other things out of my control. And uh, you know, being uh, the way that I am, I'm also a control freak. I need to understand. I need transparency. I need to be aware of what's happening. And we know all drivers are, are all different, and we need certain environments um, and 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 working um, conditions to 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 be at your best. And I'm not. I don't want to be. I don't want to come back too much into details into what's happened because I've always said it. Certain things have to be comp- confidential and you know we've talked so much with Almut and Christian and Red Bull over these things and I think we we all know quite clearly what's happened um, do we accept or not this this is another another question but I think it's quite clear and and we're both fine with it who thinks have been way better yeah for sure uh, but then no there is no no real point to, to talk about it and it feels like honestly to me like it was such a long time ago like 2019 or 2022 uh, since then I've since then I've uh, you know won in Monza I finished Brazil on the podium with Toro Rosso last year another podium with AlphaTauri so I do feel there is a lot of positive that came out uh, from that situation and you know the the drive it gave me the the, the motivation um, the the work that I've put in uh, put in since uh, since that time I've been um, you know, incredible, and and I'm also really happy with what I've managed to achieve after that because a lot of people thought I was done, and you know that's not the way that it works with me. You know, I've been always fighting for everything that I wanted in in my life, and uh, when you try to put obstacles in front of me, I'm not the kind of one to go back and just stand there and accept things as they are. You know, I'm someone that fights for for everything that I want, um, and and. I'm objective, you know. No one is perfect. Uh, you always need to look at yourself in the mirror and with a, an objective view and understanding how you can make yourself better. And that's what I do every single day. Uh, that's my motivation. The peer that I am today is better than the peer I was three, day, three years ago, but it's worse than the peer I will be in three years. And that's just the fact, and that's why I work. Um, I work so hard, and I know my time will come as well, and I'll get my opportunity. And once I get that opportunity, I, I know 100% that I will make it work. So um, that's all that matters. I keep, you know, grinding. I keep working. And uh, I'm just excited for, for that time to come. Well, like you said, let's finish on a positive then. You mentioned Monza. And was it looking for your big break? Was that red flag in that race <laughs> your big break? <laughs> Major Grand Prix winner or partly? Yeah. Um, yeah, it did. It clearly, it clearly did help. I must say still the 25 laps that followed were very long. <laughs> they were very long, but... They're probably the, you know, my best 25 laps in Formula 1. I just felt so good out there with no one ahead of me. Um, did remind did remind me of my times in Super Formula, in GP2, in, in you know, Formula Renault. Like, when you're just leading and you're just in your zone, nothing matters. You're not chasing anyone. You're just focusing corner after corner, lap after lap, putting um, the best laps you can and... Uh, you know, I had pretty fast boys chasing me right behind me with Carlos and the McLaren was fast. 
Valtteri was um, was trying to uh, you know catch us also with the the Mercedes. I I I thought that Valtteri would have been the main threat at the time. Um, so you know there was quite a lot of things going on, but at the end of the day, I knew this was my day, and I was like, I, there is no way I'm gonna let this opportunity go. You know, it's <laughs> I'm with the AlphaTauri, I'm in Monza, I'm leading that race. Doesn't matter what it takes. I'm just gonna find my way to uh, to to win it. And yeah, the emotion I got uh, were were incredible, and uh, yeah, you just become addicted once you feel it. Once the only thing that I care about now is just to repeat this as many times as I can. Yeah, I mean, you can sit here and call yourself a Grand Prix winner. That must feel pretty <laughs> special. Uh, it does. It does. But at the same time, I'm not someone that kind of look back so much. Uh, even it's important, you know, I would not say it's a good thing to do. Sometimes it's important to look back and appreciate. But I'm more someone living in the moment, in the present, um, either looking ahead and, you know, what do I want? What do I want in one year, in three years, in five years, what do I want to achieve? Okay, and then after, based on that, what is the plan that we put in place to achieve these these goals? And um, I want to be world champion, so now we need to get to work. Well, I, I better let you get to work, and <laughs> what we'll do then from the sounds of that is we'll get you back on the pod when your career's over, and you can then tell us exactly where it oh, happened. Okay, we've got time then for that. We've yeah. seen 10, 15 years. <laughs> Easy. Pierre, thank you so much for telling us your story. No problem. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.